Have you played any Crash Bandicoot? No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't like it as much. It's overly complicated where it doesn't need to be. It's kind of hard, though. It's hard. Also, it's also, its physics don't really make any sense. It, they make sense. No, they don't. It's difficult. That. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm sure the more I play it, the more comfortable I'll get, and then it'll it's just be cool. fine. But right now, it's like, this no, is this is not it Pushmo. Gets way worse. It's nothing like Pushmo, and I'm confused all the time. So, um, Pushmo's a great game. Pushmo? Yeah. It's the game that came before Crashmo. Crashmo? What are you talking about? You, okay. Crash, you mean. Just, just yeah, Crash Bandicoot? I, I thought you said Crashmo, which is oh. a 3DS game. Are you kidding me? My god. <laughs> okay. So, have you played any Crash I have Bandicoot? not played Crash Bandicoot. On the PlayStation. What's funny is, like, everything you said aligns with Crash. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennedy. Today's show is on Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow for our 10th episode. And my guests, count them two guests, both sitting on the couch today, brothers Pierce Corshain and Taylor Corshain. Hello! How's it going? It is going well. Um, so I thought with the 10th episode... Um, anytime I've talked about this show to people and said it's about handheld games, somebody said, oh, so you've done Pokemon? No, not, not yet. Uh, I, I know I'm going to have to do one, but I just don't know when I'm going to get to it. Um, cause Pokemon's a game that's near and dear to my heart and probably a game series that I've put more hours into than any other game series. Um, so I, I wanted to make it an important episode. And so I don't know why I invited the two of you here. <laughs> we've got a brotherly history with yeah. the game. We have the we have the nostalgia factor pretty high. Here. I guess so. Yeah, you guys, you one of you had red, and one of you had blue, so you were able to trade them between. Not immediately. Not immediately. No, we had our parent. My mom bought us red first. We had a share red, mm-hmm. and then somewhere down the line, maybe like a couple months later, yeah. Um, Grandpa blue. got us blue, yeah, and then we could separate. So who who ended up getting which version? I got blue. Red. Yeah, I don't remember okay. the. I'm. Oh, yeah. And you like kept all the good stuff from red, and and then Pierce had to start all over with blue. Probably. I don't remember exactly. It could have been wiped from catching missing though. Mm, that, that's very possible. <laughs> all these things will be mentioned in more yes. detail later in the show. Uh, but first. Uh, kind of like we do with most of the episodes, we want to go over the history of these games, uh, specifically de- the development of them. Um, so Pokemon Red and Blue came out September 30th, 1998 in the United States. Uh, they were originally known as Pocket Monsters Red and Green uh, in Japan and came out uh, two years earlier, February 27th, 1996. Um, the, the original idea about uh, Pokemon, well, let, let's go back a slight bit further than that. Um, Pokemon was created by a game company called Game Freak, uh, who made, who didn't make too many other games other than Pokemon. That, that's the one they're obviously best known for now, but uh, before they, uh, they made a couple small games with Namco that worked on an NES, 
um, that aren't super popular or anything that people would remember. Uh, you might remember 1991's Yoshi for the NES. Not Yoshi's Cookie, but, but Yoshi, where you just uh, spun Mario, um, you spun platters to, to... It was a small puzzle game. No one remembers that. I liked it, <laughs> uh, but I didn't know it was made by Game Freak. Um, they also actually worked on the uh, Game Boy Camera that came out in 1998, um, and that's cool. I, I don't think they actually did anything with the Game Boy Printer, though. So I guess those things were made somewhat independently of each other, even though they work in such tandem. I don't know. There will be a show on the Game Boy Camera and the Game Boy Printer at some point, because um, those things are cool. so many people have them. Uh, I found them in an antique shop. I never had them originally, and I was like, I must, I should get these. And it had a full cartridge of that paper that you can't find anymore, because it's thermal paper that's like at a weird size, and also it has stickiness on the back, so you can make them into stickers and put them on your notebooks and, and stuff like that. You guys don't care. You're trapped in <laughs> You could. You could. Your mom's minivan. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, so originally, uh, the game wasn't called Pokemon. Uh, it wasn't even called Pocket Monsters. It was originally, I thought of as uh, Capsule Monsters, because the, the idea is that it's based on uh, those little gachapon uh, machines in Japan where you can put in small amounts of money. I, we kind of have them here in the U.S. at, like, grocery stores where you can put in 25 cents and get, like, some tattoo or piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, I remember, like, collecting little aliens and, like, one had boxing gloves and another... I don't know. They were all stupid. Um, I do remember the homies. Oh, God. Yeah. Big. In, in a pseudo-ironic way. <laughs> um... But the the idea was kind of a, a cross between those gachapon machines and bug collecting, insect collecting, which is another thing that I guess is kind of big in Japan. I don't think it's really yeah, think as it's big, big here. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and the director and creator of the Pokemon series and uh, leader of Game Freak, Satoshi Tajiri, uh, he was big into the uh, into the insect collecting stuff too. And when he saw the Game Boy. He thought that this was a really great machine to kind of get that style of game that he wanted to do, and especially with the link cable, because they had this link cable for the for Game Boys where you could battle each other in games like Tetris, but there wasn't a game where you could really cooperatively do anything. There was no trading kind of stuff, and he wanted to make a game based on that, and then also included this idea of the insect collecting that he used to do as a boy to create the idea of what became Capsule Monsters, um, but then it had to go through some transitions in its name due to some trademark problems, and it became Kapuman with a C, and then Kapuman with a K, and then ended up being just Pocket Monsters, uh, which got shortened to Pokemon when it came over to the U.S. Um, so this is... Red and Blue actually took Game Freak the longest to make of any Pokemon game. It took them about six years, uh, and that was because they were working on... They started it in 1990, but they uh, they had to kind of stop production uh, to make other games uh, because they weren't really making money off this. No one was publishing it yet. So uh, they had to kind of work on other things and then come back to Pokemon and then go back to something else and then come back again. Uh, but when they finally got it done and sent them out as red and green, they, they became pretty popular. And then they actually made another version for Japan called Pokemon or Pocket Monsters Blue version, um, or just Pocket Monsters Blue. And uh, and with that one, they upgraded the engine, 
They upgraded some of the graphics. Uh, many of the Pokemon sprites got updated. Uh, some sound things got fixed. A lot of a lot of um, glitches got fixed. Not all of them though, because Pokemon is still a super glitchy game, as we know. And uh, I don't think it's super glitchy. There's just it, well, that it can be super glitchy once you glitches. start getting into that crap. Um, but uh, but this is actually the the blue pocket monsters that came out in Japan is what red and blue is based on here. Um, that they took all of those graphical fixes and brought them over to the U.S. Um, and then they just kept the the red and green uh, Pokemon version exclusives and then made those the red and blue version exclusives for the U.S. Um, there's going to be a whole lot more that I'll probably talk about at some point, but let's just get into, let's get you guys into the conversation and just start talking about these games, um, I don't know, more generally. Sure. So, uh, let's start from the beginning and talk about starting Pokemon. Uh, you get you get three starters uh, in red and blue, you only get... Pikachu, obviously, in, in Pokemon Special Pikachu Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but which ones did you guys choose or, or have an affinity for, and did you have any reason that you liked these for I mean, Charizard was on the box, so we picked Charmander. <laughs> right, yeah. As, as, like, a child, you see Charizard on the front, and it's just like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've it's ever fucking seen. Fucking dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, of course, yeah, he gets picked... But as as I've gotten older and kind of revisited this game time and time again, I realize how flawed uh, Charmander is at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And for ease, I think I've been choosing Squirtle a lot more. No one really likes Bulbasaur except for like a dedicated <laughs> following, and then they're like really adamant about it. And they try to convince you to like Bulbasaur a lot. And I like Bulbasaur. It's just he's so easily replaced by. Almost anything. Yeah, especially like if you have blue, you have Bell Sprout, and Bell Sprout's pretty pretty it's got good. Fine whip, which yeah, it's got like fine whip, which the is biggest really thing. Um, but as as an, a special affinity, I would say, I and mean, we played Charmander a lot. Till, do you want to tell the story about sure. our Charmander, so, our first Charmander? Our first Charmander. We didn't know when that guy was going to get his coffee, so <laughs> <laughs> we kept farming and killing um, the Nidoran and like the Rattatas. Out on Route 2. Yeah, um, because we didn't know you had a return to Oak. Right, so, because we just clicked past the text. <laughs> and so, we, we had a Charizard oh, before God. someone explained to us that you had to return to Oak. And so, we went, we didn't fight Brock until we had, like, a level 36 Charizard. Or a level 38 Charizard. And he just slashed everything. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a wonder why we still like the game. <laughs> yeah. That's just like dumb as shit at age six and seven. I I understand that completely. Uh, I even had a worse experience than you guys. Uh, when I got Pokemon Blue, which was Christmas, I guess, of 1998, uh, um, when I, I couldn't find the door. Ooh. <laughs> out of your home. Oh, God. Understandable. It was oh, just, yeah. it. Was, I mean, I guess it was a rug, but I didn't I didn't know what the hell that was. It looked like maybe a piece of furniture. So I, I never left the house. And I was like, I don't know how to leave this place. And for at least the first three hours, well, I mean, off and on. Because I played it for like 20 minutes and went, yeah. oh, yeah, like, this is great, right? And then I go, oh, I can't, I can't leave. Alright, well, I'll, I'll stop playing this. I'll come back to it later. I'm sure I've just missed something. And then I came back and I still didn't know where the door was. And it took me a long time to actually finally fucking figure out where that door was. Mm-hmm. 
But then okay. once I got out in the world, every everything was fine. <laughs> um, God damn Pokemon. Um, but when we were talking about starting Pokemon, I uh, the, the idea is that basically you could pick any of them and you would get a mostly similar experience. Um, that that one's not markedly better than another one. Uh, it's all matters of taste. But I decided to actually go into the big, arduous, stupid process of looking up which one is that just a little bit better. Um, each have their advantages and disadvantages, but one kind of comes to a clear uh, conclusion. So first, like, when you're talking about Bulbasaur, obviously he has the easiest time with the first two gyms being rock and... and um, Water, mm-hmm. and then even Lieutenant Surge for the for the third gym uses electric Pokemon, which are weak to electric, mm-hmm. or which don't, which Grass has a resistance to. So he seems like he would be the obvious choice to get through a big portion of the game first. Um, plus, he evolves quicker than the other ones do. Uh, you can get to Venusaur at level thirty-two mm-hmm. instead of thirty-six for the other two, mm-hmm. uh, so he gets beefed up stats earlier. Uh, he's uh, he and Charmander can both learn Cut, uh, but you you actually probably want to put Cut on your Bulbasaur because he ends up not learning a whole lot of great stuff. And this is kind of where he uh, he takes a turn for the worse, worse now. Um, he has a lower base attack than any of the other two, than either of the other two. Um, he has a weaker move set. Uh, there just aren't a whole lot of powerful grass moves in, in Gen 1. I think mm-hmm. the strongest one... Well, the strongest one is Solar Beam, but it takes that second yeah, turn to actually... You have to wait, and no one wants to fucking wait. Exactly. Um, and, and take some hit that's probably going to kill you because everything can beat grass or poison. Um, and, uh, like, so so you get, like, Mega Drain, maybe, as yeah. a as something five, that you get from... And yeah. Then you're done. And you only get that from, from a gym as a TM. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's razor, razor leaf's not bad and it has a higher critical hit thing, but it's still not as powerful late game. Uh, so there just aren't really any good grass moves and he can't learn a whole lot of great TMs either. Um, he can't learn earthquake or dig or, um, other things that could make him not as shitty. Uh, things that you think that a, a plant dinosaur thing might be able to learn. Like Charmander can learn dig, Squirtle can learn dig. Why? Why can't Bulbasaur? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. He has he has four legs with like little spiky hands. He could. Right. Seems like he should be able to. He's dig. He's the one that like is a bulb. Yeah, yeah. Why can't he, go he, he should be able to go <laughs> um, So Bulbasaur is is probably the weakest one of of the three to choose. Uh, plus, he kind of just looks stupid. So there's that. <laughs> um, well, the tree on the back is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so then let's talk about Charmander, cause, cause he actually is, uh, not as good as Squirtle, technically, mm-hmm. and we'll get into why, but, uh, Charmander has the highest base speed stat of any of them, uh, so you're gonna get more critical hits that way, um, you're gonna fly through the beginning part of the game up until you get to the first gym, because you're fighting a lot of bugs, which are weak to fire, mm-hmm. um, and if you can get past the, the first couple gyms, Charmander seems to have a better job with with most of the other gyms Mm -hmm. until you get to the elite four though where he has a ton of type disadvantages especially if you've leveled him up to a charizard by then which you probably have Mm -hmm. um he then becomes fire flying though in gen one he still can't learn fly which made no sense being that he had two big ass dragon wings um 
technically, I don't think it was he even flying type. He he was still flying type in in Gen One. So he he got to take those ice beams really hard, yeah. and he got, to, he got all the weaknesses. Yeah, but didn't get to all fly. the weaknesses and no help because what does flying really help you with other than fighting? Because mm-hmm. grass, he already you're already fired. So, right. So how's that going to help? Um, so Charizard does have some some advantages, and there aren't a whole lot of other great fire Pokemon, especially when, when early you think on. About it. You don't get uh, right. I think the first fire Pokemon you get a chance of catching. Probably a Growlithe or Vulpix mm-hmm. uh, in that uh, route between is that Vermilion and uh, not Vermilion, but uh, yeah, uh, Lavender Town and Saffron. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe you're right on that. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of a rarity to find those fire Pokemon, uh, and that's really the only thing that you can say against Squirtle is that there are lots of other good water Pokemon mm-hmm. out there. Um, you could. You could have a, a Gyarados by the time you get to Lieutenant Surge if you if you tried hard enough. Uh, or just, if you just walked up and down the road while you were had your um, Magikarp in the daycare. Right. So so yeah, it, and Gyarados is pretty great, uh, even though he doesn't really learn water moves until late. He still is. He still becomes a really strong water Pokemon. And there are there are a ton of, of great water Pokemon in the first in the uh, in the first generation. Uh, Lapras, Gyarados, like we mentioned, Starmie, Polyrath, Slowbro, Vaporeon. Um, a lot of those have dual types that, that give you some extra stuff. Lapras with ice and having a ton of hit points. Uh, Starmie having having Psychic and, and having... Uh, I think he has a good speed and a good special. Um, so that's helpful as well. Uh, I am I know, this is really just going to be a big nerdy out thing. Um, Squirtle's the only one who can learn Surf of the, of the three, which makes some sense. Um, but that's... Uh, that's helpful when Surf is actually a really good water move. Probably the best one, technically. It's the best HM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily the best HM and probably one of the better water moves at all. Like, Hydro Pump does more damage, but it also misses more often. And 5pp compared to 15 Right. And, and Bubble Beam is not really a Bubble strong beam. attack. It's, um, I think it's 60 and uh, Surf is 90 power. Right. So... I mean, it's just not like a really good one like like flamethrower is. Flamethrower is the one you want to use probably if you're a fire type, because um, again, fire blast is that five pp, um, and then solar beam I think has ten, but you just you have to wait. And so I'm pretty sure it's got the wait. It's got the highest pers- uh, accuracy mm-hmm. on like fire blast, which has seventy percent or right. something along those lines, just like uh, hydro pump. Mm-hmm. Squirtle can also learn the the biggest variety of TMs. Uh, he, he can learn uh, good ground moves like Dig and Earthquake, so you can make and he can learn Dig um, from Cerulean when you fight that rocket. So you will uh, immediately have a way to fight Lieutenant Surge if you wanted to just stick with Squirtle the entire time, which speedrunners do. Speedrunners have have unanimously said Squirtle is the best because you get you get a Squirtle, you give him Dig, he takes out he takes out the first gym of, of Brock pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Misty, he can only, Misty uh, is just as effective against him as he is against her. Um, so you're only using Squirtle that first time, then you, you should can be, be more really high level. Uh, you can give him Bubble Beam after that and take out the, that'll be the strongest water attack he could have at that point in the game. You take out the Nugget Bridge, uh, and you can really just use him for pretty much the entire game and not really have a type disadvantage anywhere. Um, because again, once you get to, uh, Celadon, we talked about the, the problems with Bulbasaur being that part poison, 
is that they're also affected by ground moves like Dig or Earthquake. And if you have that, that uh, Squirtle or War Turtle or Blastoise at that point um, that has those ground moves, he's just continuing to destroy pretty much everything he comes in contact with. You also can learn Ice Beam and Hyper Beam, which is a big deal, especially in Gen 1, where if you can KO a Pokemon with Hyper Beam, uh, it doesn't recharge like it would normally do. Um, so that makes it pretty ridiculous. Um, so yeah, you could say that you have a favorite starter, but the but the right starter is apparently Squirtle. Squirtle, yeah. So that was a bunch of research. Probably unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's kind of what happens here. Um, let's see, other things I have written down here. Um, did you guys know that in the Japanese Pokemon anime, the, uh, the main character is named Satoshi, which is also the main, which is also the, uh, director of the first Pokemon game. Huh. And that the rival's name is Shigeru, which is, uh, the same name as Shigeru Miyamoto, the, uh, (laughs) man who made Mario. Uh, that's, uh, there's a reason for that, because those names are those other names. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Those names it's, are, in fact, the names of someone else. Yep, indeed. So, uh, even though they were changed to Ash and Gary over here, uh, there is a little cool side story about why they're named that in the, uh, in the Japanese anime. Is that why Gary's such a douche? <laughs> yeah, Miyamoto's a oh, douchebag. snap. <laughs> um, it was actually Miyamoto's idea to make two separate versions of the game. To have a, a red and a, and for Japan a red and a green. So even though there was that idea of the trading aspect, mm-hmm. Miyamoto thought, well, if you're going to do this trading stuff, there should be a reason that people would like to trade. So if you give these version exclusives and you have two separate versions, then people are going to naturally want to want to trade them around like that. So so part of Pokemon's success is is due to Shigeru Miyamoto. You guys have any idea what the first Pokemon design was? The, the actual first Pokemon that came out? Uh, Were you going to guess? If you want to take a guess, sure, because yeah. I know you didn't read the research notes that I, that I put out there. <laughs> no, 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 I, I do. I do. Huh? Uh, it was Rhydon. It was Rhydon. Because that's why all the statues are Rhydon. That is correct. And oh. and that's why all the beast icons, they, they don't even call them really beasts until Gen 2, where there's the, the Pokemon breeder. Uh, but the icons that you get on the screen um, for... Or anything that's that's like a land-based Pokemon is the is a is a Rhydon, whereas like a, it's like a seal kind of um, for for yeah. like water-based Pokemon like Squirtle, and then I don't even know what the hell like Venusaur is it or Venusaur and Bulbasaur is. It's like just some flower with eyes. That I think it's for is it? Is it? Is it? Because <laughs> right. it looks like a blooming flower, and like sunflower? but it's not. You know that one. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's just I. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's possible that it could be sunflower because Pokemon actually the original Pokemon when they designed them had 190 species, and they had to cut it down to 150 for the uh, for the game uh, because of memory problems hmm. or memory constraints. Um, and then they were able to add in 151 with Mew, um, because there was 300 kilobytes of debug data on the, on the cartridges. And when they removed that, one of the designers, um, put in Mew, just kind of on his own, 
which is probably a bad idea, considering that none of that code actually got tested. Do you know how to get Mew? Yeah, there is a there's a well-known glitch how to get Mew. And is I just well and I said well known <laughs> to make you sound dumb. <laughs> is it well um, it's somewhat well known. It's really uh, hard to do. Yeah, it's it's stupid and arbitrary, but it's uh, it's at least out there and and easily available for people to find through like YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the great things about glitches. I don't know if you want to get into that right now. Yeah, yeah sure. Let's but, jump right in. Like especially even though even if you didn't trade. Everyone was playing the game at the time, and so people talked about it a lot, and so there was still, like, this already built-in social aspect of the game. And then when someone discovered a glitch, it just spread like wildfire. So, when I was t- talking to Taylor about this, like, we did do the n- missing no mm-hmm. glitch. But how the fuck would anyone figure that out? Yeah. And I, yet, somehow, everyone did it, without the internet or without... Right. I mean, the first, the first person that. is just an accident, because for some reason, somebody accidentally talked to that old man and then said, oh, yeah, I wanted to fly to Cinnabar Island for some reason. Yeah, and then... Some Pokemon. Yeah, right. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'll just, like, start to... It's possible that maybe, like, the first time they got on for Surf that it immediately had some battle, but... Or they accidentally moved up or down and just mysteriously found this and went, holy shit. Right. But, yeah, how do, how do these things kind of propagate uh, through through the series and permeate through things? And I think that's why... At that time, magazines like Nintendo Power were such a big deal because that was that was the source so information of information spread, that you yeah. found. Yeah, um, I I don't know if Nintendo Power actually had any articles on on missing no. Um, I I didn't look through any archives Hustle to find X, out. A, a, a magazine that's not attached to Nintendo, right? Did yeah, uh, GamePro sure. seems like. Like a perfect fit, or even the, the Game Pro or an EGM, cheat or... uh, magazines back then. Too. Tips and tricks and, and other cheaty magazines, yeah. Um, so, so things like that occurred, and actually, all of that kind of ties into the uh, the stuff that I was mentioning with the 190 Pokemon before. When they shortened that list, there's actually still an index in the game because Pokemon has so many things going on. They couldn't just put all these things onto a cartridge. There wouldn't nearly be enough space. So what they did, they had this hexadecimal system to allow more of like this math stuff to go on in the background to pull different files and make things happen. So they had this index in the game where they had all the different Pokemon there, 1 to 90. 1 is Rhydon because that was the first one they implemented into the game. 190 is Victory Bell because for whatever reason that's the last one they decided to put in. Uh, they're not ordered in any real order at all, other are than just, the, like, the way they're implemented. Are the evolutions next to each other? Some are, some aren't. Uh, hmm. Yeah, like, Abra is somewhere somewhere in the low tens, and then, like, Kadabra's somewhere farther. Um, and, and of course, their names weren't actually, like, Abra, Kadabra, and Alakazam here, uh, or in Japan, they got localized over... Uh, by a guy named Hiro Nakamura, which is not the uh, not the hero's protagonist, but but another guy from Nintendo of America's localization part. Um, so we have him to thank for a lot of these names uh, of the, of great the names, Americanized too. things. Oh Absolutely yeah, great certainly, names. and some stupid ones, but some stinkers, yeah. But like for the most part, God, just brilliant Mr. names, Mister Mine, Mister Mine. <laughs> Maybe just because Jinx is such a bad Pokemon, Jinx is a bad name also. <laughs> Jinx is just yeah. hideously ugly. Uh, I, I think Geodude is an awesome name. Geodude like, is an awesome like, name. Like, way, way to take 
a great name like that and or a great word like geode and and put it into a name like that. But with the hexadecimal stuff, you have now these these empty spaces that they had to take out for for these characters that weren't in the game. That actually showed up. All those Pokemon designs came in later games like Gold and Silver, like Tyranitar and Porygon Two and Alekid and a lot of a lot of other Pokemon that were supposed to be in the first game um, were pulled for space and then got put in the next game. So all those like evolutions and pre-evolutions mm-hmm. of the original 151. Some of them were. Some of them were, were just brand new Pokemon. Some of them were singles, like Miltank was, is, was supposed to be in the first one, um, and it has no evolution either way. Um, but when they, when they took these out in blue, or when they took these out, they, this empty Pokemon data would make it so when you did this kind of old man trick... The, you'd talk to the old man and then fly to Cinnabar. The way, the way these things work, if you go to a route, it will refresh all the data and refresh the, the hex, hexadecimal things to, to that route. But if you're in a city, you're not really supposed to be catching any Pokemon in cities, so they don't refresh any of that data. So the game technically still thinks you're the old man character, because they go into that battle where the oh, old yeah. man catches yeah. the Weedle. So the game thinks you're old man at this point. And then there's another kind of glitch thing that happens that Cinnabar Island's shoreline, I don't know if it's just that shoreline or all shorelines, it's probably just that shoreline, where it shows up as grass and not water. So you can catch any any Pokemon that would be on grass from there, from where you previously were. So if you were in the Safari Zone, say, and then flied from, or flew from the Safari Zone to Cinnabar Island and and just stayed on that shoreline, you could catch Safari Zone Pokemon normally and fight them, fight them that way. And what would it do to your game? It wouldn't do anything, because the game's just recognizing that as grass from the previous place. Okay. So that's not even really... A, I mean, it's a glitch, but the Pokemon you catch are legitimate. and It's not a detrimental glitch. Right. <laughs> that, that's just a, an easier way of getting a Chansey or a Tauros or a Scyther or a Pinsir or whatever. Like the hard ones things. Yeah. Tauros is really good. He has a really high base attack. No, I'm talking about like in that blue version that I have. I have three different versions of Gen 1 right now oh, yeah. that I'm kind of juggling, and blue is like... My original blue one from when we were seven years old mm-hmm. is like the golden one that I don't fuck with unless I have to. But anyway, that, that's just side. I, I understand. I can't play my red anymore because I have all one fifty one, and there's yeah n- no point to playing it anymore. Did, did did I try to trade with you? I don't. I don't think we've tried to trade before. I tried trading with our old roommate, and it wouldn't let us trade. Really? Anything about that kind of glitch? I am or not aware of anything probe. like that. Yeah. yeah. So back to the missing no thing yeah. though. When you when you've talked to that old man and switched your name with his with his at that point, uh, and then you go in that shoreline part, it pulls Pokemon data based on your name, and because it's old man now, it it pulls one of the ones that's not a real Pokemon, uh, one of the thirty nine that don't have an actual entry, and and those are missing no, and they're all considered missing no. Mm-hmm. Uh, missing no is technically a flying, flying normal Pokemon. 
even though his actual type is bird, and there was supposed to be a type called bird that was probably just a prototype to flying, but uh, it's still in the game's data as bird, uh, and it has all the same type disadvantages and advantages as flying does. So when you're fighting a missing no, uh, he'll have two attacks. One of them is sky attack, and one of them is water gun, which are... I don't know exactly where those come from. Um, I, I, again, it's, Pelipper it's probably uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't look at that list. I can look at that list. Let's um, like search through. I think that's yeah. the first water flying. Like Legendary flying. Dogs are here. Alekid, Magby, Miltank, Blissey, Hitmontop, Smurgle. Mega King I don't believe so, no. Skarmory. Delibird. Skarmory's awesome. Skarmory is awesome. No, he's... He's really? He's supposed to be really good stat-wise. Yeah, he is. But I just... Steel. Yeah, I I just didn't find anything good with steel. Uh, no. So he's... uh, Yeah. So I... Like, you thought that might be why the attacks were that way? Um, But no, there were... There was no Pelipper or Wingle in a... Mm -hmm. In Gen 1. Uh, even even that got cut out. So th- I'm sure those attacks are, again, based on some weird back-end hexadecimal things in the game. But uh, you you probably were able to defeat a missing no if you found one. It does Though it does have the highest or second-highest base attack and it may be in the game. 192. It may also be that. <laughs> um, the... Uh, it, it has the slowest speed, or it's tied with the slowest speed with a lot of Pokemon that just have base speed of zero. Um, and then it also has one of the lower defenses in the game. And it can't really even take advantage of that high attack, because one of its attacks is Water Gun, which is a water move, which, at this point, they had not split the the moves into physical or special moves yet. It was It was split by type, so all water-type moves hit the special stat, whereas all normal-type moves hit your defense stat. Um, even though Water Gun would still be a special move in in later generations. So he couldn't even really take advantage of that, except with Sky Attack, which would have to take an extra move to do anyway. So you usually got one or one or two good moves against him, and since he had such a low defense, you probably took him out. Mm-hmm. And... Because again, hexadecimal stuff tries to pull uh, one of the one of the flags, one of the um, like signs that has the words on it that hey, you saw this Pokemon. When it tries to pull that data for missing no, it ends up pulling from the sixth item in your backpack and changes it. And the way it changes it ends up giving it an extra 128 items, the max possible by the game standards. And that's how you get the item duplication trick. And it's, again, like all weird hexadecimal stuff. And that's how all these glitches kind of work. To find Mew is, again, like some hexadecimal trick with um, the way you name your character and and just going through things that the game is pulling from files that it never meant to pull from. Uh, there are lots of other, like, super scary Pokemon glitches. One's called Zazz, which is, like, really, really terrible because you have to... I think that one you need to use a Game Shark for. But you can fight this Pokemon trainer named Zaz, who looks like you, but then it pushes some save, it pushes some files into your save game, 
and just starts corrupting everything. And you become Zaz, and everything you fight becomes Zaz, and all of Zaz's, <laughs> <That's so awesome. laughs> all of Zaz's Pokemon are 153 level leveled. Um, and when you're actually fighting Zaz at the beginning, you will just get murdered by all of his Pokemon. Unless you try to throw a Pokeball at one of them, and then he'll knock it away, and then it just ends the battle. But by that time, everything's already fucked, and it's like creeping into your save game and just destroying everything. Damn. So, uh, so don't don't go for Zaz. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, don't one. don't catch missing no, because it will also screw up your your Hall of Fame data uh, in your in the PC, uh, and and just screws up lots of other shit. Yeah. If you were to catch a missing no, though, there are lots of really interesting things you can do. Like if you took it to uh, like if you had a friend who had gold or silver. And we're using the time machine to be able to trade with, with red and blue. If you have a missing no in your party, the gold and silver will actually see them as legitimate Pokemon. Not missing no, though, because it doesn't have any of that data. It will recognize it as usually a Thai Rogue, which is the, the unevolved form of Hitmonlee or Hitmontop mm-hmm. or Hitmonchan. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those three. Um, and if you actually traded it with, with them... And they got it, and you separated, and and now they have your missing no. It's actually really a tie rogue on their game now, and it can't be traded back because it is now a legitimate tie rogue. But what if it was like a level over a hundred? I, I don't, I don't know exactly how that works, and and it wasn't mentioned in the article that I was reading about it. But um, it seems interesting that you'd have a tie rogue with water gun and uh, sky attack, yeah, because those moves would carry over. Um, and you couldn't trade it back. So that's just like, again, just weird shit that's happening. Um, again, with all the hexadecimal stuff, with the missing no stuff, you can actually, depending on what you name your, your own character, it will give you some other Pokemon that you can face other than missing no on that shoreline. Uh, one of them being Mewtwo. So I, at one point, I think it's actually on my copy of Red, um, I have, like, a team of six Mewtwo's, because because I caught them. And they're probably not super legitimate copies of Mewtwo. Um, it's only one Well, yeah, but, but the way the game recognizes them, I think they might be legitimate, but I'm not, I'm not 100% positive on that. They, they are, like, a level 153, and if you level them up again, they just level down to 100. Well, the problem with Pokemon and Game Shark and all those things is that knowing what is legitimate is, like, knowing what's a dream in Inception. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. If you don't have, like, a Game Shark and, or, uh, like, some PC hacking stuff that you can know what the game is actually considering what, it can be a little weird. I mean, even in current day with the, uh, trading, the, uh, internet trading system, mm-hmm. um, they that doesn't that can't tell right as long as you put the right things like it was caught in this area and and missing nose depending on what you name your character can show up as like the Kabutops fossil that you can see in the pewter pewter city museum uh they can show up as as ghosts that you would see in the um the ghosts that you'd have to see with the silph scope in lavender uh in the pokemon tower just, just lots of weird shit, depending on what you name your character. Uh, Pokemon's a weird-ass game. It is. It's a bizarre game. And I think it's a testament to how good the game is, because, like, here we are, 
10 years later and we're talking about the most minute like details <laughs> of glitches and just like weird shit in the game. Yeah. Just a blast to discover it. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever visit the truck behind the SSAN? No. Uh, yes, but I don't remember anything about it. Okay. Uh, there isn't much to remember about it. Um, the idea is that uh, if you don't let the SSN leave, so you don't get cut uh, from the from the captain, if somebody were to trade you a Pokemon that had cut, um, so you would actually have a Pokemon with cut, because I think Misty, if you defeat... No, it's... Yeah, if you defeat Misty, yeah. she'll allow you to use cut outside of battle. So then you could trade over a Pokemon with cut. You wouldn't need cut, and you can play through the game normally but the SSN would still be there. When you get Surf, you can come back, Surf around the SSN, and there's this abandoned truck. And it's really weird, because there's no reason for it to be there. Uh, in in the game, there's actually not really much decoration, just in general. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of has a purpose. Uh, so just seeing this weird car, there aren't any cars anywhere else in the game. Yeah. Just to see one car... On this tiny island, everybody started thinking it had a bunch of potential in it. And there were lots of rumors came out that you could move the truck with strength and there would be a Pokeball that had Mew in it or, or like a Master Ball or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, really, there wasn't anything. It was just some code that got left in the game. Um, I haven't really found any articles where they've talked to developers saying why that was there in the first place. Um, another way you could technically technically get through that without having to um, without having to trade with somebody you could get cut from uh, the from the captain and then go and face one of the trainers uh, you have to leave at least one of the trainers on the boat um, unbattled and then you go to that trainer lose to them faint and then you'll faint back out to the uh, the Pokemon Center and the boat will have not left yet, but you will have cut. Mm. So that's that's another way of circumventing it if you if you don't have a person to trade with and still want to do that. There is a little bit of a nod uh, in Fire Red and Leaf Green for this. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it matters if the SSN leaves or not, but you can still surf behind it. Mm-hmm. And there's a bigger pier with a truck, and there's a little Pokeball that has an item called Lava Cookie in it, which I think. Um, adds PP or something like that, or, or replenishes PP or HP or something like that. And that's, that was just a little nod the developers put in. You're like, hey, yeah, we remember that there is this other thing here. Uh, there's no nod to missing no that, I, that I'm aware of, though. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Which, probably for the best. Um, but that's, that's interesting. Um, when we were talking about the first Pokemon made, Rhydon, Rhydon's one of them. Uh, other ones were Lapras and Clefairy. And the reason those three were kind of made first is those were the kind of three tiers of of what Pokemon were at that point good for when they were first coming up with that Capsule Monsters idea. So you have Rhydon, who's there to, to like carry things and be this big, hulking mass. Lapras is there to ride on the back on if you were surfing around. And Clefairy was more like a pet thing. Uh, Clefairy was actually supposed to be the Pokemon that Ash started with in the anime. And for some reason, I think it was some... I forgot who who just decided, like, hey, no, it should be Pikachu. 
Uh, Pikachu's which, Clefairy very sucks. <laughs> stupid. Uh, I, I think they they thought Pikachu for some reason uh, appealed more to young girls. Pikachu um, appeals more to everyone. I, I would think that because Clefairy being pink would seem like it caters it's to much more feminine, more feminine yeah. market. Yeah, but um, but uh, that's why Pikachu has kind of become the most popular Pokemon from that. Um, interesting tidbit. Thank you. <laughs> um, here's an interesting thought. Do you ever think that Ditto's might be failed uh, attempts to clone Mew? I've heard that one yeah. before. There, there are. There's some good uh, information behind that, though. But also, uh, Sugimori hadn't heard it until a reporter mm-hmm. said something. About right. It. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pro- I mean, not probably not. But but the way they tie in together are, is really interesting. Conspiracy theories. Mew and Ditto have the same base stats. They have the same color s- schemes throughout the throughout the series. Even their um, their alternate shiny versions mm-hmm. are both this light color of blue. Um, uh, they were you can find Dittos in the Pokemon Mansion and in Cerulean Cave, and Cerulean Cave is where you find Mewtwo, mm-hmm. and the Pokemon Mansion is where they talk about the experiments that happened at the mansion on Mew to try to create Mewtwo. So the idea is that they might be these failed um, experiments, failed attempts. Uh, Mew and Ditto are both the only two Pokemon to learn transform naturally. So again, just, just more interesting data. <laughs> Cue Twilight music, Twilight Zone music here. <laughs> I might actually inlay Twilight music. Twilight Zone <laughs> music, God. not Twilight music. Twilight music's terrible. You listen to Call Me Maybe. So <laughs> hey, yeah, read Twilight. Hey, let the listeners know this. Not fair. Chase <laughs> enjoys Call Me Maybe. I can I can cut all of this out, <laughs> and I will. <laughs> um, let's talk about the meta game if we if we can. Which, so, which I'm sure like, you guys were big competitive Pokemon players. You went to all the tournaments. Absolutely right? not. Never through feces at other at other tournament players. That. Is a very graphic thing to say. It's also a true thing to say. Um, <laughs> that happened at one of the one one Pokemon Grandmaster Championship thing. Um, I think a couple years ago, one of the one of the people in kids, one of the kids in some division, actually ended up pooping in his hand and throwing another player. Just. Like, <laughs> absolute commitment. Yeah. I applaud that. I, I guess so. Like, it wasn't. That's what you want to it call wasn't. It wasn't during a battle or anything, right? Because you have to first. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's good times. But in Gen One, there are very clearly better Pokemon than others. Yeah. Uh, I think in in future games, they they do a better job of balancing this. Mm. But Gen One is a little. It's, for the most part, balanced with a couple of huge overlooked things. Um, Pokemon kind of has that rock, paper, scissors type, type of battling. There some, it, Especially with like the starters. You just look at the starters and you can tell. Uh, grass is good against water, but it's bad against fire. Mm-hmm. Fire is good against grass, but it's bad against water. Just kind of that, you're better than one thing, you're weak against another thing. Psychic types don't really have that. I mean, they do... They say, bring ghost Pokemon to yeah, Sabrina. There's, yeah, what a load of shit. <laughs> so there are ghost Pokemon and, and bug Pokemon that are supposed to be good against psychics. The problem is, the only three ghost Pokemon in the game 
um, are also dual typed as poison. And because psychic doesn't uh, it doesn't affect ghost in any spe- any special way, it just hits it like a normal attack does. It ends up being super effective because you're super effective against the poison part. So Gengar's just fucked, and the other two are uh, unevolved forms of Gengar. So <laughs> that's terrible. Um, there also aren't any, uh, well, there aren't any good bug Pokemon either. The, there's Beedrill and Butterfree and Scyther and Pinsir, I guess. But you, you're not going to teach a bug move to Butterfree. You're going to teach him Psychic and right. Poison moves. Right, because you can't teach a bug move to Butterfree. Uh, the only two that actually damage are, uh, Twin Missile, or Twin Needle and Pin Missile. And neither of them are very strong yeah, attacks. Yeah, like, uh, one's like, like one works like double kick does, and the other one works like fury attack does, where it right. does like two to five. Um, but neither of them are particularly strong, and they aren't going to be as super effective as like, like a dark move would eventually be when you get to when you get to gold and silver. Um, and and there's only one ghost move that does. A regular amount of damage. There's Nightshade, um, which does a set amount of damage. I believe Nightshade works off your level, like Seismic Toss does. Like it does the amount of hit points that your level is. It could also do like one third of something. There, it has a weird move that just it does a set amount of damage. Uh, the only Ghost move that does that does damage based off of your stats is Lick, um, but it is it is a really weak attack. And continues to be a weak attack, but I don't even think it had the ability to paralyze like it does in later versions in the in the first gen. Um, so it is again also very weak. Uh, so you just have these unchecked psychic Pokemon that are just blazing through the entire game, that are strong against pretty much everything and weak against pretty much nothing. Uh, specifically, you have Alakazam. Which is... Or for most people... Kadabra. Because yeah. that is one of the few Pokemon that requires a trade to evolve. Um, but Alakazam has such a high special stat. And in the first generation, the special stat has not been split into special attack and special defense. Like regular attack and defense are. Special... If you use a special attack... It goes uh, based off your special ability. If you take a special attack, it hits you against your special ability. So with Alakazam have, having such a high special, he can do massive amounts of damage with uh, like attacks like Psychic or Psybeam. And then if somebody tries to hit you back with something like Thunderbolt or Ice Beam or something like that, it's not going to do nearly as much damage. Also, Alakazam has a ridiculous speed stat. He's one of the faster Pokemon in the game. And that corresponds, like we said before, to critical hits. So you're going to have this Pokemon that goes first almost all the time, and then hits you with some of the most powerful moves in the game, like Psychic, uh, that also do uh, 1.5 damage, because he is a Psychic Pokemon, uh, which might crit because of the speed stat, so he could end up doing ridiculous amounts of damage, four and a half times what it should have been if if you have a type disadvantage to Psychic. And you will die! (laughs) Yep. Um, so, I, there, there's just not much to do against Alakazam, uh, and that's why he's the best. There's, there's him, and there's all the other Pokemon after him. 
but there are some other good ones. Chansey was really good because it has uh, a good, a, a huge amount of hit points and mm-hmm. uh, some pretty good defense. Tauros, like we mentioned, has a really high attack power and can learn Hyper Beam uh, naturally, which uh, allows it to kind of sweep games where it can just kill a, or make a Pokemon faint. Pokemon can't die. Where <laughs> um, they can, but they can't in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you hit them with a Hyper Beam, they faint, then you don't have to recharge, and one comes out and you hit that one with Hyper Beam and it faints, and you can just keep going. Um, Snorlax, kind of like Chansey, has big hit points and, and big defense. Uh, Starmie has a high special and high speed. Gyarados. Gyarados has a high attack, I believe, yeah. and, a, and a pretty high defense as well. Uh, so yeah, there, there are these Pokemon that you wouldn't think that, that when they get balanced out later in the game, at, in later generations, like Alakazam gets... Gets a really big nerf. Um, well, just by, the effect, just by the splitting of special attack and right. special defense. Exactly. Uh, and makes makes them much less viable. Uh, still considering still other Pokemon, good. yeah, and he's still good. And and I I think Abra was one of my favorite Pokemon. It's probably still one of my favorite Pokemon, uh, just because of the potential of getting to Alakazam where. You, you catch an Abra in, at Cerulean, and you go, well, I, I pretty much won this game already. Yeah, beat the game. Yeah. So I don't really need to play the rest of this. It's all just going to kind of shake out one way. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about? Well, if we want to build off what you're saying, shaking out one way, that was one of my problems that I felt like when I was going through Gen 1 again, especially over the last couple of years, is I knew I liked certain Pokemon, I'm going to use these certain Pokemon. Like my favorite Pokemon in the entire game, entire series is Gyarados. So every time, as soon as I can catch a Magikarp, I will catch a Magikarp. I will level them up to Gyarados. And I got bored with this. So uh, I don't know if we want to talk about this now or later, sure. but um, this past summer I started going through the game on Newslock. Which, if you don't know what Newslock is, it's this kind of uh, like disciplined run through um, Pokemon, and you have to catch the first Pokemon you see in each zone, and that's the only Pokemon you can catch. You have to nickname it, um, and then whenever it faints, you have to release it. So, theoretically, if you lose to Gary in that first battle, you lose the game. Mm -hmm. You have to restart. And that happened to me during my first run. (laughs) I picked, like, Charmander or something, and I lost to Gary. Um, so it's like a hardcore mode. Or so something yeah, it's like, like a hardcore mode. And Diablo. like if, like we were talking about Diablo three a long time ago. Or yeah, XCOM more recently. Mm-hmm. Where it's a st- strategy game where if your characters die, they're dead. Right. And we had Chase and I had talked about Diablo three a long time ago when it first came out and how I was a fan of hardcore mode um, because it had you invested in the game throughout uh, any experience. And the same goes for Pokemon, like, if you're just trying to level up the new guy that you caught, um, there's still this level of threat because, like, what happens if someone crits on you, and, like, you thought there was enough hit points, but there really wasn't, and then, like, your favorite Pokemon that you've nicknamed Kevin is now dead and you have to release him. Um, I name all my Pokemon Kevin. Just name all of them Kevin. Gets a little uh, confusing, but I like it. And I'm really enjoying it, and I'm going through at a glacial pace, because you spend more time grinding, 
and be more concerned about battles. And then when someone does fall in battle, like you need to replace him with someone. Um, whether that's progressing through the game to get to a new area so you can catch that first Pokemon or going into your uh, PC and taking out like whatever one's your level the least seven, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> your level seven not Rattata. Right. But like in addition to like making me care more about each Pokemon and care about each battle, I'm playing with a lot of Pokemon that I've never really played with in the past. Mm-hmm. So on my team currently, I have Blastoise. He's just been running the game and everything. Uh, Firo, Ninetales. Um, Ninetales I got really lucky with by running into Bullpix in the first area. Uh, Snorlax, and then like a Haunter to get him in the tower. Mm-hmm. And um, a Meowth. And just like, I feel like they're random characters, and I'm sure there are other people that enjoy Meowth a lot and they play with Purdue and stuff like that. But um, for me, it's just, it's really interesting to play with these different characters because I've never played with them before. I've always played with, like, Charizard, Gyarados, um, you know, like, Pidgeot, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting outside my box, and hopefully, if, if I wipe at some point, then I have to turn off the game, and, like, the, all that time's wasted, but that's part of the fun. I mean, I, I like some of the concepts of that, uh, at least using other Pokemon. I just don't like the idea of the arbitrary... Um, if if this one dies, it's done, and I put in a new one. Where's uh, the risk? Just it doesn't have to be a risk. I like no. I kind of like that Pokemon is this no risk game. Don't There's... you catch every Pokemon you don't have? Well, yeah. Which ones do you use? We, I okay. If if I'm playing a new Pokemon game, I find the ones that I like and I use those almost exclusively while capturing all the other ones, and then maybe eventually leveling them up to get the ones I need for my Pokedex and then never using them again. But I played through um, Fire Red to kind of remind myself a little bit of the story of Red and Blue. Um, But I like the idea of having running shoes and not the slowest bike in the entire world uh, like Red and Blue has. (laughs) So, um, So playing through Fire Red, I thought, you know, I would like to play with something different. Even though I got this this Gyarados really early, which I usually hadn't done, uh, even though I know it was a good one. Um, I, I never had one that early. Um, but I, I ended up using Pokemon that I don't usually use. Uh, I, I grabbed a Drowsy instead of instead of an Abra. And so now I've been killing people with the psychic power of Hypno instead of right. the sweet power of Abra. It takes Alcimane. a bit longer to get powerful, and right. he's less powerful than Abra, so yeah, mm-hmm. I use it. I tried to use uh, different ones in my last run through too, and what I ended up using the most of was Lapras, mm-hmm. which I never used before. And, and actually, I'm using Lapras as well mm-hmm. uh, because, I, like, like, I eventually got to the point where I was like, "Yeah, I should really get a Gyarados. That, that makes sense." Or I'd have Blastoise, and I think I don't, I don't need any other water Pokemon other than this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I'm using Lapras, uh, which uh, is especially. Like, apparent how good of a Pokemon is it is when you get to the Elite Four, and Lorelei just kind of wipes the floor with you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that it's a water psychic Pokemon that can, or water ice Pokemon that can learn psychic, psychic. it's and ridiculous. And yeah, it can learn so some crazy shit. Thunderbolt, psychic, um, surf, and ice, ice beam. Ice beam. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I 
take I keep out Thunderbolt and, and put in Body Slam because it does have a pretty good attack and yeah. it still does paralyze. In, in in the later versions though, in so in Gen three that you're playing, it's based on the weight mm. and the difference in weight. And yeah, and that would also make it much better too. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an here's an interesting piece of trivia that you might not have known. The uh, the Pokemon region that you're facing that you're in, Kanto, is for Gen One. That is based off of real Japan. You guys aware of that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But your listeners might not. I, they might not be. So. So but also, Ken Sugimori says that all the areas are supposed to be made up and only loosely based on different things. Like Unavu is supposed to be loosely, very loosely based on New York, mm-hmm. which you can see it's extremely loosely in the fact that there's a gigantic city, and that's about it. Right, yeah. Uh, with with Pokemon, though, with Kanto, the Kanto region, it makes slightly more sense. So you have things like Saffron City, which corresponds to Tokyo's business center, uh, Celadon City being more like Shinjuku, where it's the, the more commercial uh, centers, uh, Cinnabar Island corresponding to Oshima, or, yeah, oh, yeah Oshima uh, of the Izu Islands, which is famous for uh, Mount Mihara, which is an active volcano, like Cinnabar. Um, and then Vermilion, corresponding to something like Yokohama City, which is Japan's largest seaport. Um, and and they do more or less on the map cor- correspond to the right things and are in somewhat correct places. Um, Pallet Town is actually the hometown of the uh, creator, uh, Satori uh, Tajiri's. That's his little hometown. Um, all right. I think we've probably talked quite enough about Pokemon. We all learned some things today. We did. Uh, you guys have any like closing thoughts on Pokemon? Um, well, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, mm-hmm. but I want to know your two favorite Pokemon. And I think we should give your favorite one for Gen 1 and then your favorite of all time, if they're the same. The same. So okay. mine are, mine's Gyarados for Gen 1 and all time. Okay. Taylor? Oh, God. It's my damn show. I can go last if I want to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right now, I'd actually have to say Lapras. That's my favorite. But uh, that's always subject to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine, mine has always skipped around. Uh, at one point, it was <laughs> Nidorino, for whatever reason. Nidorino. Um, he, he is pretty cool, and you see him at the very beginning of the game. He's technically the first Pokemon you ever see. Mm-hmm. Um... I liked Gengar for a long time uh, because you just couldn't get one. This um, is cool as Hunter, though. It's just like a fat baby <laughs> with like horns. Yeah, yeah. it's blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Abra. Uh, Abra's probably the one that is, has stood the test of time. It's just one I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like, its, I like its design. I like that it always runs away from you uh, or teleports away from you. Um, yeah, that's the best. Of course you <laughs> I, as a as like a gameplay thing that he's such a hard Pokemon to yeah, get. Um, and I also don't like the stupid beard mustachey things that Alakazam and Kadabra get when you mm-hmm. when they when they level up. I think just Abra looks pretty damn cool. Um, and and then of all time, it gets even harder because then I I mean I want to say it's still one of the Gen One Pokemon because. The other ones are get, get a little stupid. But like, I like Pokemon like Sneasel. Sneasel was actually supposed to be one of the original Pokemon, uh, even though they didn't have Dark types in the first gen. Um, because I really like Dark Dark types, um, and Sneasel is one of the better ones. Because in Gen two, there's really Sneasel and Murkrow, 
Murkrow's dumb because it yeah. gets electrocuted easily. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Sneasel, like dark and ice, that's a badass combination. Um, I like Tyranitar, which is dark and rock, I think, uh, or dark and ground. I don't know which. Yeah, every year old likes Tyranitar. And he's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, God, I, in Diamond and Pearl, I like one called Flygon. Which is uh, like a green mm-hmm. dragon thing, even though it's dragon flying fly. and ground. Mm-hmm. Is it dragon and fly? I thought it was ground. Yeah, it's yeah. ground. But I think it's based off the dragonfly. Yeah. It's not they like nest in the ground. Yeah, I mean, it is a dragon, but I think it's actually flying How, how have we been talking for like an hour and no one has mentioned one of the three legendary birds in any kind of Because they're all the same. They're fine. Um, I, I think Articuno is the best one. Um, or the most useful one, the anyway. Useful. Uh, I think Mulpitos. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's another one of the three. <laughs> well, he can avoid ground Pokemon, and he's electric, so right. he can avoid one of his biggest weaknesses. Yeah, and that, that does make some sense, but there's just, I don't feel like it has a whole lot of great moves. Drill Peck and Thunderbolt, and then... It starts with uh, what else Thunder... Not Thundershock, but Thunder Wave, which is useless. Mm-hmm. Paralyze. Yeah, that's all it does is paralyze him. And the other Pokemon is never going to be paralyzed that turn. Just mm-hmm. like it's never going to be confused and hurt itself. Yeah. I, I, and then Moltres, I think it's just, like, it's fine. It's just, we have Charizard that's a flying fire type. And yeah. I think it does better and has a more varied moveset. So Articuno was the one that, I, I usually hadn't found a good ice Pokemon by the time I found an Articuno. So getting that and having an ice beam flyer that was level 50, which was probably higher than any of the other Pokemon I had on my team at the time, made a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't use him right away, because then you were at Cinnabar, and he has fire. Right, right. But, good times. <laughs> um, when, I, I, I mentioned this briefly, um, but I really like the, the kind of relaxed and open nature of Pokemon. Uh, and I think that's what really makes it one of my favorite games. It's not... It's not like an RPG where you're out to save the world and, and everything's <laughs> counting on you. and so go out and have fun. Right, yeah. That's the whole idea about Pokemon is that it doesn't really force you to do anything. I mean, it, it might... The game design might be in such a way that you can only get to these places in a really set order, but they're not saying, hey, you you got to go do that now. It's it's that you want to go that way, that you, that you want to keep exploring, that you want to be finding new Pokemon. Um, and... As much as I don't really care about the things they've added in with with further generations, the the idea that there is like a, a like the uh, like the beauty pageant kind of things they do yeah. or whatever yeah. the other crap they they add I'm, in there. I hope someone gets enjoyment out of that. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I, and I don't like that they have Pokemon that specifically require you to upgrade their weird stats. Like the upgrade, I forgot what that stupid fish is called, but uh, but it turns into the um, I also forgot what the other thing is called, <laughs> but uh, but like that Gyarados snake looking thing that's um, you have to upgrade the beauty stat of sure. of this fish until it becomes this other Pokemon, and it's really hard to do because you have to continue to feed it the correct Poke blocks or whatever yeah, they have yeah. in that stupid game. Uh, to get things, and I, I don't like that there are specific Pokemon like Drifloon that you have to go to a certain place at a certain day, at a certain time of day, 
I think it's I think it's like Friday mornings or Sunday mornings or mm-hmm. something like that in this very specific place where you need to have a very specific bike. You need to have like the bike that hops to go find it. Who the fuck would find that Pokemon unless you're using some type of guide or well, really fucking lucky? I think that's part of what they want to do is create like really hard to find things so that people do mm-hmm. talk about it. To find out, like, well, I'm missing Rookbloom, so right. how can I find them? And someone's already found them. So that that yeah, that exploration aspect of of going out, trying things, learning learning what works and what doesn't. Uh, one of my favorite moments. I was uh, one of my friends, one of my neighbors uh, who lived across the street who didn't know anything about Pokemon. Uh, I brought them over, and I was like, "Oh, we gotta play." And I, what? What is this? I can hear just take this Game Boy. Or they had a game, but it was like, put this, put this game in yours, and I'll put this game in mine, and, and let's fight. And and they had a Rattata, and they fight. We had really low level Pokemon at that time. And, and as we fought, the first attack they used was Tail Whip. And it's like, ah, what did you use that for? That was that was so dumb. And they said, well, whip, like whips right in the name. It sounds like it's awesome attack. And like, well, you're stupid, obviously, because you don't know. But just just the idea of every time a new Pokemon game comes out to see what are the new attacks, what exactly do they do, uh, seeing the evolution, seeing how they further fuck up Gen 1 by saying, oh, no, this one has a has a previous evolution that you can do. It has a baby version. Uh, <laughs> the baby that are always kind of dumb. And then there's also the metagame within uh, breeding. Mm-hmm. I mean, the peop- I feel like the people that spend hours and hours breeding... 90 of the same Pokemon to get the perfect stats. Right. Are the, not actually going to use them. The EV trainers and the and the people who yeah. pick who catch Pokemon based on nature yeah. and that kind of stuff. That gets that gets to that complicated point that the game's not fun for me anymore. So I I would never play a game like Pokemon competitively. Mm-hmm. But the the main concept behind Pokemon, it, the collection aspect is one that I can really get behind and and one that I've I've done a couple times. I had all 151 in red, and then you know, when Diamond and Pearl came out, I ended up getting all 493 yeah. in in Diamond. Uh, and now Black and White came out, and there are even more fuckers. And Black and White 2 came out a little while ago. I can't. Who cares? Yeah, at this point, I can't. I don't even have enough I mean, how, do you know how many they added for Black and White 2? From Black and White? I don't think they added any new ones. Well, that's thankful. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they didn't actually make any new Pokemon for this. It's just mm-hmm. set up different... Well, I don't know. They probably did. I think the, the dragons that you get at the end of the game... Are I know, I know they look different than the other ones, so maybe it's like another version of them or That was something. a dumb... I like... The dragons at the end of the game—they're soulless and yeah. devoid of personality. Mm-hmm. When they made a Pokemon that was basically just an ice cream cone, that no, was. They, I said, okay. Not only did they make a Pokemon it's just an ice cream cone, they made it evolve into three ice cream cones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we've, we've had that—we've had that so many times. <laughs> like the idea of a Doug Trio really just being three Diglets. Yeah. <laughs> Or is or dumb. Do-duo. Yeah. Do-trio. Because, yeah. Because when I evolve, I always gain an extra head. That's so stupid. But um, it's also stupid that Lickitung 
doesn't have the move Lick <laughs> yeah. in, in Gen 1. But it's not. It's... The Pokemon that is solely based on its big, stupid tongue doesn't even have the one attack that corresponds to a big, stupid tongue. Pokemon's crazy, man. Pokemon is crazy. And I think with that, we, uh, we've covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> or covered all the important stuff, at least. Um, so, Pearson, Pearson Taylor, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Uh, if you do have anything to plug, even though you guys don't have podcasts or websites or anything. Nope. Nothing to plug. Nothing? Nothing. All right. Well, uh, you can follow the show uh, at Gamers on the or at GOTG Podcast on on Twitter, uh, GOTG Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can send in uh, emails, comments, mm-hmm. things like that. You are correct. I have not, and I should. Uh, we did get we did get one piece of fan mail uh, from friend of the show Matt Jaguer. Uh, I'll just read off what he what he has here. Pokemon Confession. Blue is the first and only mainline Pokemon game I played start to finish. Most of my time in 8th grade was spent leveling up, trading, and battling with my three friends who were just as deep into the whole craze as I was. Uh, He's a little older than I am, so probably 24, 25, I'm guessing. Um, It really is an ingenious portable game with just enough depth to keep things interesting and even though balance issues like, oh, say, if your opponent buys substitution from Mewtwo and there's no possible way to defeat him after that, which, true story um, for him, I guess. I've never had that uh, situation. Uh, stuff like that aside, uh, it is one of the Game Boy's best. Squirtle Squad for life. Magic air. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Matt, for sending that in. Um, and, and I think he just echoes a lot of the, the same thoughts that we have. Um, Again, uh, the the Tumblr is tumblr.com slash GOTG podcast or however Tumblr works. I don't know. You can, you'll find it. <laughs> if you, you have the Google. If, if you, you search gamers Google. on the go, it's the first result. Um, Put it into the Google. I think, yeah. Um, I think that's all I got. So, again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, the idea, I don't know what the next episode's going to be, but I think the idea is... For every ten, every tenth episode will be another generation of Pokemon. I think that spaces it out, so I'm not constantly doing Pokemon stuff. <laughs> I will um, not join the next Pokemon. This yeah, the next, yeah. Uh, the next one we do would be Gold and Silver, which a lot of people say are their favorites. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys uh, do not have that feeling. All right. Nope. Well. It'll be a mystery to why that is. because <laughs> we never got past the beginning part of that one. Well, we also, we also. Oh, okay. Now we, now I gotta hear the story. Now we were mind. getting to the age of like not liking Pokemon anymore because you, you get into like the sixth grade. I never grade. got that feeling. No, you did not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I did not like Pokemon from like ages twelve to. 19 when I was like right. in college and like then it became cool to do it again. I well I started up again for Diamond was when I mm-hmm. like got back into it and I was like late high school. I was like, well I don't care what people think or Pokemon's <laughs> yeah. cool no matter what they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh I was I think I was probably actually even bigger into gold and silver than I was in red and blue and, and only by looking back have I decided, no, I, I actually think red and blue are probably the better games. Mm-hmm. Um but at the time like all that new stuff is really cool. Anyway, that is a discussion for ten episodes from now uh, with some radically different guests. <laughs> um, so I don't know what the next show is going to be. I have a couple things still lined up with some people, uh, but I'll let people know what that is. So you can send in your own fan mail like Matt, Matt Jaguar did, uh, which we really appreciate. 
or uh, or send in any of your your thoughts. Um, so thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back whenever I make another fucking episode. I don't know <laughs> when that'll be. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,